swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High drive. He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss. Thankfully, it's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast, normally covering Boston Red Sox baseball, but tonight we have a unique episode where we will profile our top 10 most hated active MLB players, so current uh, players. All five hosts are with me tonight, Al Nahigian. Andrew Dwan, Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, doing well. Another week without baseball. Yeah. 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 You know, of course, we've got like five new possible scenarios over the last week. I won't really dive into any of those, but uh, the... The consensus amongst a lot of insiders is that late June, early July will be the start with a goal of getting 100 games in and uh, all kinds of funky stuff beyond that. Division realignments, logistics, so we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll just kind of play it by ear. A lot of states, well not a lot, but a number of states are starting to reopen, so Maybe, uh, you know, if that goes smoothly, you know, we'll start to finally get an idea. But uh, we'll uh, move forward with tonight's episode, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be some healthy back and forth here. Uh, Again, it's our top 10 most hated MLB players. Uh, For the listening audience, we uh, there's five hosts, so... All five of us picked two different players. We had a ranking system. I won't get into that, but it's a uh, you know a semi-scientific system as far as how we got the list in order. So um, we're all gonna uh, profile the two guys we individually picked. So I guess I'll lead off because my guy just happened to be uh, number 10. And this kind of surprises me. I I picked Bryce Harper. That was my first pick. And um, I would have thought he would have come out in the middle of the list. But, it you know, he fell to the 10th spot. I think Bryce Harper is a player that's very polarizing, constantly drawing the ire of at least half of, uh, you know, Major League Baseball fans. And I've never been a fan of his, uh, you know, mostly going back to his days as a Washington National. I don't like his temper tantrums. I think he's extremely not graceful in how he does it. I mean, we've seen guys with the Red Sox like, you know, Veritek and some others that, you know, they they handle themselves a little bit better. And a lot of Bryce Harper's teams have underachieved. They never got past the first round of the playoffs, the NLDS, 
kind of ironic. He he leaves, and finally they win a World Series once they get rid of him. And then his new team, which is a very talented team with the Phillies, does not make the postseason. So I just I think he negatively influences his teams. I thought it was hilarious when Jonathan Papelbon grabbed him by the neck and kind of thumped him a little bit. And uh, he's uh, he's our number 10 guy. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts? My, my biggest issue with Harper, and really it's my only issue, is that he, he is obviously a big-time hardo. Um, like he just, he screams hardo and kind of everything he does, um, you know, after he hits a home run, he has his teammates take his helmet off so he can flip his hair, like all that kind of stuff. But it's not like he's a bad guy, you know, like he, I, I do think that he cares about winning. I do think that he plays the game hard, maybe to a fault, but yeah. Is he a hardo? Is he a bit overrated? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, what I, are your thoughts? Or Charlie, go ahead. Yeah, no, I actually, um, I actually had Harper as ninth on my list. I just feel like ever since he switched teams, it was this this weird thing because he's not he hasn't changed as a I mean he's a little bit more mellowed out. At least I think he is because after joining the Phillies. I don't see him kind of going off the rails as much. There have been a couple of incidents, but it's 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 died down so much to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, that's just the kid that at 16 years old hit a 500-foot home run at Tropicana, and he decided to get his GED and get Boris as his agent and kind of screwed the system a little bit to his power. Great perennial talent, but, I mean, I think there's something in his head because there's so much power there, but there's no – bad allegations or anything against him he's just sometimes an ass and that's really it you know like i i kind of remember having a little bit more respect for cole hamels after he kind of gave him his welcome to the show uh first at bat but i mean that's that's really it there's there's nothing that follows him you know he's just he hits a home run and every once in a while and unfortunately we're still trying to figure out why he can't seem to hit better than 240 yeah, you know, personally, I've always liked Bryce Harper, so he was last on my list for this. Um, if I didn't have to vote for him, I wouldn't have, quite frankly. But yeah, no, I don't know. I've I've always kind of had a thing for him, and all the stuff he does, you know, we gotta kind of be truthful. We would we love it if he was uh, in right field in Boston. So I I don't really have a problem with the showmanship or how he carries himself. Uh, would like to see more consistency out of him as a, you know, just as a player, as a whole. But yeah, I don't. I really don't have a problem with him. I, I thought that whole fight with what was it, Hunter Strickland that nailed him like two years after the fact was dumb. Um, yeah, uh, he, he shows everyone up, but he's backed it up when he's been healthy. So. Uh, yeah, I have literally no issues with him. I'm just super happy he just didn't go to New York like everyone thought he was going to uh, much after his rookie year in Washington because uh, with that right field porch, uh, he'd hit 65 home runs a year. <clears throat> I'm going to keep mine short and brief. I mean, Bryce Harper, he has a flair for the dramatics. We all know that. I feel like it's like the younger demographic almost – wants to be like him in the sense that they want the flair and the swag and everything. I have no problem with it. He plays hard. Yeah, he's had a couple blow-ups, but 
you know, it is what it is. He should be very low on this list, rightfully so. Well, I guess I'm the I'm the you know the real diehard hater. I, if he was in Boston, I will say I wouldn't. I, I would probably hate him. I wasn't a big Euclid guy. I thought Euclid was a crybaby. Uh, you know, granted, you know, oh seven was a great year because Euclid was was great. But I just I never liked the personality. And one of you mentioned his uh, inconsistencies, and he certainly does have issues with that. 2018, he had a 1.5 war. His bad defense might have, you know, had something to say about that. Brock Holt had a 1.3 war, making a lot less money. And uh, Holt hit a cycle in the playoffs, and Harper uh, watched it on the couch. So... Um, you know, that, that just makes me hate his contract 13 year contract, which takes him through, uh, the 2031 season. Um, that's going to be painful by probably 2026, but, um, yeah. So anyway, oh, and one other thing I really meant to mention, I'm going to be curious to see how his relationship with Joe Girardi goes, because apparently there was, I don't, I wouldn't call it a power struggle between him and Kapler, but I don't think the two of them gelled, and there were rumors that Harper was in the meetings. Like, they left Kapler in limbo for at least a few weeks before they finally fired him. And I guess Harper was at involved with ownership-level meetings, and I think that's really bad, uh, you know, to have a player, to allow him to have that much influence on the team. This happens with Girardi in there. But, uh, okay, so Charlie, uh, you've got your guy in the ninth spot. Go ahead. Yeah, so I have, uh, you know, I had Jose Altuve. Uh, I know he was one of the two players that I picked, and honestly, what it, what it came down to for me was um, this guy is someone who is supposed to be uh, an ambassador for one of the better teams in the game, just signed a ridiculous, ridiculous contract or has been a part of a, a relatively large contract he's getting i think like 160 million or something like that um which is insane um and i'm curious now to to wonder is he one of those players that profited and really got to take advantage of the fact that he he cheated the system this is a, a player that i still to this day think that he had something on his chest on his body because crossing home plate he's never been one of those guys who had no problem taking his shirt off but just this one incident where he's like no no not today it's not happening no please don't rip off my shirt please please don't rip off my shirt he gives those people that are small uh, a bad name and i'm curious to know how many people lost an opportunity to play in houston at that position if uh you have someone who's got these um not steroid numbers but you know cheating numbers so i'm I've lost all respect for Jose Altuve. Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to come back. I don't know how, how I'm going to kind of come back and, and, and give this kid some credit. Uh, I, I love the small guys that play. I'm done with him. I'm done. Done. I can see, Charlie, why you would think like that. But in the grand scheme of things, when we reveal the top guys in this list, what Altuve did, and I know it's cheating the game, and I know it's – you know, on American or whatever you want to call it. But it's just, it, to be honest, it seems like small potatoes compared to what these other guys did. So, I mean, never had a problem with him until all the cheating stuff came out. But 
he's he's not going to be any higher than nine. I mean, it, it is what it is with Altuve. Just time to move on, and you know, good luck to him getting pelted by ninety-five to ninety-eight mile an hour fastballs, probably to the dome. Yeah, you know, those are kind of my thoughts exactly. He couldn't have phrased it any better for me personally. Um, yeah, I guess his biggest sin was getting a shitty tattoo or whatever that excuse his wife gave him. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year to see how his stats do. And um, I guess we're just going to have to pay attention in the future to see where his stat line goes. Yeah, that's really the thing with Altuve. It's, it, I, I agree with Charlie. I think he was probably wearing a buzzer i you know i mean just because i don't trust anyone in that astros organization so i think they're all liars so i think altuve is a liar too um but in the grand scheme of things it you know okay he wore a buzzer he probably profited off the cheating but again off the field issues there are none um and i i part of me also thinks that like even if he can't wear the buzzer anymore even if they can't cheat i still think altuve is gonna hit you know 300 to 320 still going to be a really good second baseman so because i do think that he has some natural talent there um so you know is he one of the astros cheaters yeah probably but in the grand scheme he he probably should be low on the list i have i don't think he wore a buzzer and i could i could go on for five or six minutes as to why i don't think he did I guess the one reason I will cite is that he wasn't using the trash can there. I guess it happened a couple of times on accident, but he, him and Josh Reddick were the only two regular players in the lineup who did not want the trash can to be used. And I just find that the, the buzzer thing, it's just always been a tough sell to me. That being said, I think El Tuve has definitely failed as a leader because he tolerated it. He didn't try to rein it in uh, throughout that season at any point. And I think it's perfectly reasonable for him to be held accountable for that. And I think you guys make excellent points. It's going to be very interesting to see what his stat lines are, you know, on the at-bats that he's not getting plunked. And, you know, we'll, we'll just see. And that's one of the real bummers about this whole virus that we're dealing with is by the time the season starts, those emotions against the Astros aren't going to be as fresh, you know. So uh, maybe they will, but I, I don't know. And the, there won't be any fans in the stands to kind of, you know, kind of, you know, amp up the players and, and egg them on uh, even more. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Altuve, you know, does deserve to be on the list. Um, going into the eighth spot, uh, Andrew. All right. At eight, we have Justin Verlander. And over the last couple of years, Verlander has been more exposed than he was during the fappening. Everything he's done over the last couple of years has been so hypocritical from his Tiger days. It's unreal. Um, I didn't really have too much of a, of a personal opinion about him until Kate Upton started mouthing off on Twitter after Porcello won the Cy Young Award when she was just really kind of tearing into him because she was like, I thought I was the only one that got to F Verlander at MLB. And then 
was like, sorry, Rick, but you didn't get any first place votes in the MVP voting. Like, did you buy Felicia? It's like, I don't know. I He didn't, the Verlander didn't come out and be like, hey, we were teammates for years. Maybe don't do that to my fellow, like, former staff member. But, yeah, I, from that moment on, I was kind of done with him. Uh, he was one of... Major League Baseball's most outspoken people when it came to domestic violence, pretty much won the death penalty in the game um, if a player was ever accused or found guilty of it. And then all of a sudden, Osuna comes over and he's asked about what his thoughts are. He goes, well, I just want to hear what he has to say. It's like, you, you can't just flip the switch like that when he come over. Um, there was another interview he did in 2017 where he just absolutely went off on um, using technology technology to cheat. And then, well, congratulations, Verlander. That's how you got your ring. Um, just so many different examples of his hypocrisy over the last few years uh, that after we made this list, I had to go back and rewatch all those Sandoval home runs off of him just to, and it made me feel so much better. <laughs> and um, they were just so many examples of him with his uh, unwritten rules. I watched the Eric Ibar lays down a bunt in the eighth inning when he's throwing no hitter. And it almost appears like Verlander knows he's going to beat it out. So he throws it extremely wide left and it's rule and error. Cause you know, they're in Detroit and home cooking, but yeah, Verlander stares him down for a good like 10 seconds. But yeah, Verlander really just gets me going like that. I'd, he always talked about integrity, 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 and it just goes to show he really doesn't have any of his own, especially when we went off on uh, Cody Bellinger after the commissioner report came out when Bellinger was rightfully annoyed um, about, you know, losing the World Series. And, uh, yeah, I I don't think Verlander deserves our respect at this point, and um, he still wants it and still thinks he's entitled to it. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Yeah, so the the problem that I have with Verlander is what you mentioned, Andrew, with the you know Kate Upton going on that tweet storm after he lost to Cy Young. And the biggest problem is, it's not that I have a problem with her. It's that you know that that was all stuff that Verlander was saying behind closed doors that he was saying to her that he's probably saying to a lot of other people, but he doesn't he didn't just have the balls to like say it himself, right? And it's like okay, Justin, like. It's it's pretty clear that you're the one that's truly upset about this. So, what you don't have the the balls to tweet it out yourself or to say it yourself? I mean, we know you've got them. We saw the fappening pictures, but <laughs> you, you know, you all of a sudden you're gonna let your wife go to Twitter for you and white knight for you because you lost to Cy Young. Like, give it a rest, dude. And right, <laughs> and you know, and just the two sided nature of like, well, you know, exactly what Andrew said. Well, you know, anyone who commits domestic violence or something like that, you know. There should be a zero tolerance policy, and then Osuna gets to see me. He's like, "Well, you know, I mean, we don't have all the facts yet. I mean, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine. It's like he's such a fraud. And look, he's a great pitcher, and he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. But as a person, he's such a tool." Charlie, uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head because he was like Mr. Baseball is how I kind of thought about him as far as like the pitcher went for the 2000s. He was the guy that I always wondered like, man, 
I, I wish Justin Verlander came and pitched in, in, on my team. And then when the whole thing happened where Asuna came there, it was just the antithesis of, a, of the response that I was anticipating to get. And it was like that scene from that movie Love Actually where the kids are like, oh, Uncle Jamie, I love Uncle Jamie. And then he turns around and leaves and they go, I hate Uncle Jamie. It's like that. <laughs> After that, I was done with Verlander. And when when his, his wife was going off, about Porcello getting uh, the Cy Young, I was like, when you compare the numbers, it's not that far-fetched. Um, I think he did have, in my opinion, a, a, a little bit of a better season. I just felt like her her response to it made me dislike him a little bit more. And I also feel like towards the end of his career in Detroit, he gave up. He just stopped caring. I mean, you see a guy who's winning 18, 19, 24 games, and then by the end of it, five, 15, 16 with an ERA almost at four. And then he comes to Houston and then is rejuvenated with 16, 21, uh, an ERA just over one in his first kind of partial season in Houston. I'm just not buying it. I'm done with him too. He's another one on my list. Just I'm not going to cheer for that guy. Go ahead. So I'm going to go in a little, I'm going to go in a little opposite direction. I disagree with all of you about the K-Dopton situation because I think it's a situation where Verlander had a right to be upset, probably was just venting, and then K-Dopton is not smart enough to realize that maybe that should have been kept behind closed doors. I blame Upton more in that situation than Verlander himself. Now, as far as advocating for, you know, doing the right things baseball and stuff, you can blame a little bit of the Astros organization, too, for bringing in a guy with a past like that in Ozuna. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying your points are wrong, but I'm saying, you know, I don't think it's as bad as you guys make it out to be. Again, this is just me. And sometimes players in the MLB need a new start. You're probably feeling run down in Detroit. They're time to win their window shut. He goes to Houston, new chance, and he's, he's got a little extra juice. So I, I got no problem with Verlander. If you guys hate him, that's fine. Keep him on the list, me personally. I don't know if he makes my list, but that's just me. I'm with Al on this one. Uh, Justin Verlander is actually my, uh, you know, probably my favorite non-Red Sox player. Um, I I will, in fairness, still sort of hold him to the same, you know, level that I hold Altuve. I look at Verlander as the leader, you know, of the pitching staff in Houston. And he did come in kind of halfway into that season. And it's probably a little bit more difficult for Verlander to try to pump the brakes on everything that that organization has been doing all season long. And he was traded at the uh, waiver deadline, which was August 31st. So he only played that final month and then the, um, and then the playoffs you know, Altuve was there all year, could have pumped the brakes at any point, but chose not to. Um, another thing about the Cy Young thing, I, I'll also agree that, you know, they didn't handle themselves, you know, as good as they should have. Um, but the the one thing that did cost Verlander was there was a writer out of Tampa Bay that didn't even have him in the top 10. If that writer has Verlander 10th on that list... He wins the Cy Young and it wasn't, even though I like Verlander, I, you know, was obviously pulling for Porcello anyway. So that wasn't 
you know, a painful situation where I do like Verlander. You know, I, I would have rather have seen Porcello win it anyway, but I did think it was a little dirty. And I just, there's just something about Verlander. I just like him. And I kind of like the way, you know, he's carried himself for most of his career. He's 37 years old. I've seen his social media. I don't usually peruse players' social media accounts, but he's got these Batmobile-looking cars in his garage. He's married to Kate Upton. He's 37 years old, and he doesn't need to be playing Major League Baseball, but he is, and he loves it. So I, I just can't help it. I, I like Verlander, but I got, I've got one more thing. Go ahead. If, like, go ahead. If a Yankees pitcher was having career years at age 35 and 36, I think we would uh, start questioning those uh, <laughs> those methods a little bit more than we are right now or that anyone is at this point. And when his fastball is still hitting like 99 in the eighth inning. Well, the Astros we'll do have that Clemens program. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he had those core muscle injuries in 2015, came back, nearly won the Cy Young that next season. But I don't, the Astros have had a, a pitching program. It's kind of curious to me that they haven't, uh, that that the pitching coach didn't get fired along with Hinch. You know, he wasn't part of the cleanup. So that program's going to continue. But, but, yeah, I can see where you're going with that. You know, maybe there's a little, you know, juicy juice going on. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, he says he wants to pitch till he's 45. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, let's see. Charlie, uh, you're getting both your guys out of the way early. So you got the seventh spot with your other pick. Uh, who, who was that? So my other pick, I had Marcus Stramon, who um, he made the seventh. The, the uh, he was seventh uh, on the list for for our ranking, and he actually was eighth on mine. So not too far of a discrepancy. I just this is a guy who now, I mean, another reason why he's so low on the list, really doesn't have anything on his on his record as far as like illegal activity outside of just being a complete douche at times like coming to Fenway Park and celebrating every strikeout like it's your 3000th career one you just you look like a complete goomba and it's not like you've ever done anything in your career the highest you've ever finished in the Cy Young rankings is eight three years ago and that's when you won a career high 13 games you've only won 10 or more three times in your career you're just you're not even on anybody's radar, and now you're playing in in on the wrong team in New York. You're just you're not even on the map. So I mean, this is a guy who, for for whatever reason, when I was looking at the list of players that really annoyed me, I, I actually thought of Stramon more more so from a Red Sox standpoint, not so much from a baseball standpoint. Because truth be told, Marcus Stramon is someone that you may know, you may not know. Um, and that's that's basically it. Like I don't think there's anything that anyone can say about him outside of baseball that's uh, detrimental to his name. Yeah, when it comes to Stroman, uh, two words: mental midgets. That is exactly <laughs> what this guy is. Um, I, and I, I I can't speak for all you guys, but I'm willing to bet that 
most, if not all of us, are blocked by him on Twitter. I know I am. I am. Um, yep. This is what this is what Marcus Stroman does. He he pitches and then he goes to Twitter and he searches his name and he blocks anyone who you know criticizes him or says he had a bad outing or whatever. Um, and it's it's exactly what Charlie said. He hasn't won crap in his career. Um, in fact, his like he's just barely over five hundred for his career record. His postseason record is awful. He's got a four forty ERA, so he can't get it done in the playoffs. Um, He's just lucky that he's on the Mets and not like the Yankees because he's he's playing for an organization that their fans don't care because they're all miserable. Can you imagine this guy playing for the Yankees the first time he gives up like five runs? They'd eat him alive. I mean, he's just he's so sensitive and he's he's such a mental midget. I can't stand him. Um, I'm not sure where I had him on my list, but I'm sure it was fairly high up there because I, I just this guy's not a winner. You just look at him and you're like, this is not a winning pitcher. This is a guy that's going to go through his whole career. He might have a good career. Who knows? He's only 28, so he might end up having a great career. But he's he's not a winner. He doesn't have that winning attitude. He's just a loser. Um, as far as for me with Stroman, I hit it right on the hit the nail on the head. Had him seventh on my list. At first, I was sort of like you guys. I was like, okay, the showmanship, the gimmicks, the shoulder shimmies. You know, we can do without that. But you know what? After he pitched in the World Baseball Classic for Team USA, not going to lie, there's something about him that I like. I don't know what it is, but there's something about him. Maybe it's the fact that he hasn't blocked me on Twitter yet because I just checked. He hasn't blocked me. So maybe that could be it. But I'm okay with Stroman at seven. He's meh for me. I can take him or leave him. Andrew. As a general rule of thumb, I don't usually talk shit about people whose dads can absolutely kill me with their bare hands. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I really don't have too much of an opinion on Strowman. To me, he's kind of like Chris Archer. I always thought he was just a little too overrated. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything personal against him, honestly. I, I wish I had a little more to give on this, but uh, yeah, I really don't. Um, pretty good athlete for, for his position. I was watching some highlights earlier when I was trying to you know dig up some reasons not to like him. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not blocked by him uh, either. The only person I'm blocked here by is Kate Upton. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I have no problems with him, unfortunately. I got blocked by him when he joined my live stream as just as a viewer uh, on Twitter. And he came in. It was about a four and a half minute live stream. He came in about the three minute mark and then blocked me. And I was ranting about his start the night before against the Red Sox where after every inning he would taunt the dugout as he would come off the mound and go to his dugout. And... That ended up being the last time we faced him, and I just, I didn't appreciate that, and you guys, the Chris Archer comp, I was actually going to bring that up, that's an excellent observation, Andrew, I think he's a little bit more consistent than Archer, but very close, and and very similar, uh, you know, pitchers, and I just find it ironic that the Toronto Blue Jays didn't think he was worth locking up long-term and that they were willing to trade him. I don't know what they got for him, but I know the Mets had have a bad 
farm system. I don't think they got a major haul. They might have got one or two decent prospects, but it's still very telling that Toronto didn't want him a part of their future long term, like we, you know, kind of wanted with you know John Lester and and whatnot. Um, I had one other thing. Where was I? Oh, the Dennis Eckersley thing. I didn't. I didn't wasn't impressed with and he called out Eckersley for saying, you know, that, you know, he was a showboat and kind of ran his mouth and Eckersley was the bigger guy in the situation. He said, yeah, you're right. And, and I was stupid. <laughs> My act got tired, too. But I don't think I don't think Strowman has the uh, humility to, um, you know, to look at it that way at this point in his career. And uh, last thing, one of the things that pissed me off was when, as he would come off the mound in that one start that I ranted about, the Red Sox couldn't pay him back, you know, unless they, you know, started hitting him hard and, and it didn't happen. Stroman did pitch a good game. If one of the scenarios this year pans out, there's going to be three different divisions and all the East Coast teams are going to be in the same division. And so I, you know, we'll be able to see him. I, I guess there, I, I'm not clear on the DH if, if that's going to be implemented finally in the National League. I kind of hope it isn't because if, you know, if he has to take an at bat against the Red Sox, I think they're probably going to plunk him at least once. So I'm kind of rooting for that. But like I said, this whole, you know, situation's a mess. So. We'll see how it plays out, but we will be in the same division as the Mets if that if that does happen. Uh, number six, uh, Al, your guy, go ahead. All right. So on my list, I have this guy at number five. He is a part of the Cheat Stros, aka the Astros. I got third baseman Alex Bregman because he's just sort of a punk. He just has like that romance syndrome that he thinks he's the shit because, you know, he's doing okay with the Astros. And I didn't like what he did on Instagram with Nathan Ivaldi trying to basically punk him, sort of troll him a little bit during the 2018 ALCS. But then who got the last laugh in that series is all I have to say. But yeah, Alex Bregman, pain in the ass, number six. Jason, where Bregman are you? Bregman to me, like, he, he has like frat bro written all over. I, I just look at him and I think frat bro. Like the the Instagram thing is something that like a college kid would do. Like, oh hey, hey guys, check this out. Isn't this so funny? Like and then he just it, it completely backfired on him. Um I thought his when the, I mean obviously that whole press conference the Astros did, they all looked bad. But Bregman especially looked bad. He just looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked completely unapologetic. Um it was almost like it, it he looked at it as like this is such a waste of my time having to apologize for us cheating. Like he came off real bad after that. So yeah, I, I think that, you know, right around the middle here is where he should be. Cause again, no off the field stuff um, on the field. He's a great player was, you know, close to an MVP award last year. So we'll see what happens to his numbers now that the Astros can't cheat anymore. But yeah, that press conference really pissed me off. Cause he just, again, he looked like, he was so uh, burdened by having to be there. Um, and I just thought he looked like such a punk. Yeah, 
I mean, Bregman, I actually had fourth on my list because of a couple things. Like, you you see, obviously, I think Bregman's 25 years old. Like, he's still, he's still a kid, 25, 26, right? If I'm not mistaken. So he's still young. And, and I remember being 25 and 26. And I was a pretty, I was a dumbass. Like, I made some stupid moves and stupid mistakes. And Bregman kind of strikes me like he just doesn't have that veteran leader to look up to. And that's where someone like Verlander would come in, someone with class. And before before that whole Asuna thing, that's who I used to look up to on that team. I know Kush is uh, a big uh, Verlander fan, but he seemed to be the one guy that just every word he said, it was just, you're lying and we know it. And you're obviously just doing this because you were told to, not because you felt compelled to tell the truth. You were totally ready to begin 2020 round two. Let's do this shit again. So, I mean, kudos to him for a little asterisk next to his season. I know he finished second on the MVP voting. But here's another dummy that, you know, when he gets drilled, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. He knows it's coming. People don't forget. Uh, Andrew, did you go? I have not. Go ahead. Yeah, so for me, Bregman, you guys kind of wrapped up pretty much all my thoughts on there. He does come across kind of as a douche. Um, I think he's really going to benefit from a no-fan season because after all this is said and done, I'm pretty sure all you know, all that Astro stuff is really going to get pushed to the back burner. So he's really going to get a chance to rehab his image. Um, I know people still really like him a lot. Uh, to me, it's just a little disappointing because he's so damn good. He doesn't need the cheating, uh, which is kind of a shame that, you know, you would go through that and tarnish your name and legacy when you have that much draw talent and uh, just uh, just a great player, uh, someone we'd all want on our team. And, well, the Red Sox had their chance when they drafted him, but they weren't able to sign him. So, I don't know. I, I would I still want to see him rehab his image a little bit, maybe lay on off the interviews when baseball comes back and just keep your head down and play, play the game. You know, I, we've talked about Altuve and Verlander and how those are the leaders of the team and they should have held themselves accountable. I look at Bregman as kind of the face of the cheating. Like he, to me, he was the guy who probably enjoyed it the most thumped his chest, the hardest. And all these guys were on the Astros were basically taunting other teams. Like a lot of teams had a lot of suspicions that these guys were up to no good, whether they knew exactly what they were doing, you know, only those teams know, but, but I just look at Bregman as, as that guy. And uh, like Jason said, terrible job at the, uh, you know, the winter carnival thing. And he had a second uh, opportunity to do it the day before camp opened. Didn't seem to hold himself accountable. No remorse, you know, like you said. And I can't stand this guy. And I think we think Altuve might be pretty stout. I bet Bregman takes the steepest fall this year of anyone, you know, in terms of production. So I'd love to see it. I also like Trevor Bauer. I, I was a little entertained by their back and forth. I did like Bregman as well at the time, but I'm 1 million percent team Bauer if that feud ever kicks up again. 
Number five. This could be an interesting one. Uh, Jason, this is your guy. Go ahead. Yeah, so number five, we have Ryan Braun, um, who I had pretty high up on my list. And just a quick history lesson, because all of this stuff did take place nine years ago, but it was 2011, Braun tested positive for PEDs. He immediately denied it, vehemently denied it. Um, He then pulled a Lance Armstrong, accused everyone involved with the test, and said that they mishandled it properly. He even named one specific guy who handled his urine sample and said it was his fault. Uh, it went to arbitration and, it, you know, the arbitrator uh, sided with Braun. And so that initial suspension was thrown out. Ryan Braun then held a celebratory press conference, which is something I've never seen a professional athlete do. But he was at the time exonerated and he held a press conference in the middle of Miller Park where he basically just, it was like, 20 minutes of him just stroking himself saying you know i knew i was innocent i told you all blah 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 fast forward to the middle of 2012 the biogenesis report comes out and ryan braun is named along with guys like a rod and johnny peralta and all the likes and he's suspended for 65 games and oddly enough didn't decide to hold a press conference about that um he did admit that he did it to major league baseball but didn't really speak publicly about it um, and was suspended for the rest of the year. And like, if you go back and you look, it took him four years. Like there were articles from 2017 or five years actually, because there are articles from 2017 where he finally admitted that, yeah, I probably could have handled that better. So it took him a whole like four to five years to finally be like, yeah, I, I was a jackass during that whole thing. Um, Just, he literally is the Lance Armstrong of baseball. He could not have handled that situation any worse. He flat out cheated. Um, he tried to do the whole to deny, deny, accuse, and he initially got away with it. But then he was caught again, and it's just stupid because you look at his numbers and like he hasn't dropped off a ton. I mean, he's gotten old. He's thirty six now, but he hit two eighty five with twenty two homers last year. So you look at him and you go, did you really need the PEDs? Like, and then to go on this whole lying tour about it and all this stuff, like, he just made himself look so bad. Um, I'm sure the Brewers, you know, they can't wait to get out from under his contract and just tell him to hit the road because he really embarrassed himself and that franchise through that whole thing. And in 2011, his positive test, he was the MVP that year. Yep. Yeah, if you don't, Max Scherzer. Charlie, any thoughts on Ryan Braun? You know, it's funny. He He's another one of those guys where, um, outside of, of Altuve, I think it's just because, you know, he's like the pint-sized guy that is probably the only player in Major League Baseball that could probably go in with me to Baby Gap and find a couple outfits. But I mean, he's one of those all, he's one of those guys that really didn't have any allegations outside the cheating scandal more than once really sucked. That that really sucked. But the thing was after it happened, because Jason, when was the second allegation? How many years? Uh it was it was the next year, it was twenty twelve. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. I mean, that's that's almost an entire new generation of ball players. I think that people have since moved on. And just thought, okay, you know, he he made a mistake. It is what it is. Even when he joined the league, 
I remember when he started, he was actually really, really good. Like, kid had a lot of talent, and I, I think a lot of people thought maybe he could hit, you know, 30-30, 40-40 consistently. We'll see what, what happens. He, we were hoping to see him steal more bases, and he did end up getting 30, uh, 30 once or twice in his career. So that was nice, but after the allegations and after those situations, he kind of dropped off and just got out of the spotlight. He stopped he stopped doing his old thing. And then he got older. He matured. I think he told a bunch of I, – I imagine he's, he's a great mentor and leader in the clubhouse. I mean, you have him and Christian Yelich there in Milwaukee. Um, I think players have learned from his mistakes that he made not once but twice. So when I, when I look back at the list that I made, Braun was actually 10th on my list. He was behind Harper. He was just someone that I was like, oh, yeah, Braun's on this list. Whatever. He hasn't hurt anybody. Um, and that, that was that, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it. Andrew. Yeah, to me, um, I think I brought higher on my list and he would actually been my second pick after Verlander, uh, when we were doing these, um, for personal picks, uh, to me, it wasn't even just about the cheating. It's how he got off accusing the, uh, test, uh sample collector of being anti-semitic and that's how he dragged his name through the mud um in order to get off and that that's just that's messed up uh to really destroy someone's reputation and i know like i think the sample was kept in the guy's fridge because he couldn't make it to the shipping in time so it was just a whole cluster there um just really dirty dirty tactics by braun and just to compound on that, I did spend a first-round pick on him in fantasy baseball in 2013. So that that also left a really sour taste in my mouth. Uh, so Ryan Braun um, forever on my uh, on my shit list for major league baseball players. Al, go ahead. <clears throat> I actually had Ryan Braun very low on my list, and that's because for me, steroids in baseball is just something that we're so used to seeing now. Now, obviously, the big report that came out years ago, I get it. It's a big thing in baseball. But with the guys that we're going to be talking about in our top four, I think those are a little more a little more serious to have up in the list than a guy that, that did steroids. I'm not undermining steroids, but I'm just saying for this list, doing what these next four guys did I think is a lot more heinous in my opinion. So that's why I didn't have Braun very high, but I could, I guess I can see now why you guys would have him high on your list. I had him a second or third on my list. So I, I had him pretty high. I take a very hard stance against, against cheating uh, typically, and especially with steroids. Um, but see the thing with, with Braun as, as Jason was pointing out, that whole press conference was unnecessary. Like the smart thing for him to do would have been to just shut up and just make a quick comment like, Oh geez. uh, Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't think anything was in my system and so on and so forth. But instead he had to have this self-righteous narcissistic, you know, gathering before the press where he completely talked himself up, made himself sound like the next coming of Jesus. And all of that just made the fall worse when his name came up on that biogenesis list. The same 
you know, that Rodriguez was on and, and a bunch of other players, Melky Cabrera even. And so I just think his own stupidity really damaged his legacy about as, as bad as it could have, <laughs> as bad as he could have done it because he didn't, he didn't have to do that, <laughs> you know? So, um, He's got what I think he's entering the final year of his deal, and and the Brewers probably are, um, you know, relieved that it's finally over. They have Christian Yelich now, who's the guy that I think they were hoping Braun would be. So I, I think the Brewers are in good shape. Jason, did you want to add something? I thought no. Something- I mean, I I think you guys. No, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I it. You said it perfectly. That press conference, the, the way he did it, it just made what happens in 2012 that much worse. That That's why it was so much more embarrassing than guys like Peralta and, and all them and uh, Cabrera because at least they, like, tried to hide it or tried to, like, you know, I don't know, be a little more subtle about it. Braun was just so bombastic about everything that it really made him look like such a jackass. Absolutely. Yeah, he got his, so, you know, we'll see what happens with the other steroid guys. Maybe maybe they can blaze him a path to Cooperstown, but I hope he doesn't get in. I believe, let's see, I, we're going into the number four spot here. That is my guy. I went with Aroldis Chapman, who in uh, late, let's see, late 2015, he assaulted his uh, 22-year-old girlfriend and discharged a firearm in his garage eight times. Seven of those bullets went into the concrete. Another one went out the window and, I guess, across the field. So very fortunate on his part that uh, nobody got in the way of that bullet. That whole incident uh, started over his girlfriend simply finding something on his phone that she didn't like. So I don't know if it was his private parts. Maybe he was texting someone uh, she did not approve of. But that's how that whole situation went down. Allegedly, he, he grabbed her, you know, by the throat, but... Charges uh, were ultimately, I, I don't know if they weren't filed or, or if they were just dropped because there wasn't a lot of cooperation on the part of everyone involved. And it happened at a family gathering. I guess his own brother knocked him to the ground uh, in an attempt to, to break it up. But uh, I'm not a Chapman guy. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised the Yankees acquired him after those uh, allegations came out. And knowing that he would be suspended and they acquired him uh, anyway for the final year of his deal. And then they traded him. uh, They weren't making the playoffs in 2016. They traded him to the Cubs. And the hilarious thing, maybe a decade from now, you know, if we're fortunate, if the Yankees never win a ring, their only mainstay, uh, you know, Aroldis Chapman would have won one but with another team. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hope that happens, but not a Chapman guy. Yeah, I've never been a uh, big Chapman guy myself, and especially when you fire at somebody, 
just any situation with a gun is just very, very sensitive. And it's just a case where you don't do that, especially to your girlfriend if she's coming at you the right way with something. That's just that's a big no no. I had Chapman as third on my list, so that's pretty high up for me. So yeah, big no no with guns. No, no guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before uh, Chapman became a Yankee, he was supposed to go to I think right wasn't it the Dodgers? Yep, that was supposed to happen, and then the Yankees ended up getting him for uh, you know short term rental. Um. Or they sorry they traded they traded him away for as a short term rental and ended up getting him back again. So the Yankees made out like bandits. They knew they weren't getting anywhere in the postseason. They ended up getting the they went they won the Gliber Torres sweepstakes. And I, you know, looking back at my list, I probably should have had a role this Chapman higher than I did. Um, and and looking at it, you know, the fact that he's fourth, shooting a gun one time, maybe one bullet to you know get rid of the frustration. I get it, but eight times there's definitely something wrong and um if anybody has seen him staying fit and active on twitter lately he looks like an absolute monster i mean this is the last person that i would try to upset uh and he might be dealing with some some roid rage or some other form of of issues and whatnot but i mean that man actually terrifies me. Like, just looking at, just punching, throwing. It's just like, yeah, no, you're, you're playing with fire if you're going to get that man upset. It's just insane. So about the rage, because when you fire a gun eight times, you're in the midst of a very intense rage. So, you know, I just, it's kind of scary. But Jason, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, off the field, obviously reprehensible. Uh, firing a gun, that there's never an excuse for that. Um, you know, everything he did was so reprehensible. On the field, there's really two things. That, first of all, like, I think he's, and it's so weird to say this when you look at his career numbers, I think he's just a tad overrated. Like, he's consistently regarded as, like, the best closer in, in baseball, but I I just don't fear him. When he's on the mound, and maybe it's because, you know, Devers took him oppo that one game to end it. And I see now Tuve crush his soul. Um, and, like, I don't know, if I were a Yankee fan, the way that he reacted when Altuve hit the walk-off and he's just sitting there smiling, like, I don't know, just a creepy sort of smile, like, that would piss me off. It's like, you should, that's the one time where I'd actually be in favor of, you know, my pitcher throwing his glove or, you know, throwing a tantrum in, in the dugout. Like, I don't know. Chapman just kind of was like, oh, whatever. I'm still getting paid millions. Who cares? He just, I don't know. He just, I just look at him as an overall scumbag, both on and off the field. Uh, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Chapman, everything's kind of been said to this point, uh, which kind of sucks because I actually really liked him during his Cincinnati days for no other reasons than it was just entertaining as hell to watch him through like 105, you know. Um, but yeah, they're just once you start bringing in gun, guns into to a domestic abuse fight, and there's just no excuses for that. So uh, great ace scumbag. Uh, good job, Yankees. Into the number three spot now as we inch closer to the top. Uh, Jason, that's your guy. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of scumbag closers, we got Roberto Ozuna coming in at number three. Um, this guy, his arrival to Houston in 2018, you could really view as like the exposure of just the awful, awful culture that was going on there. So Osuna was suspended in 2018 for a domestic violence incident that took place late 2017. Um, he was he was charged with assaulting the mother of his daughter. Um, now the charges got thrown out because she went to Mexico and she did not return to Toronto to testify. So I guess in a way he got off, um, but he was still suspended by major league baseball. Uh, the third largest suspension for a domestic violence incident. I think it was 80 games. Um, the Astros traded for him while he was suspended. So that was just the, the red flag right there. Like their, their culture, they did not care. They were so desperate to win a world series. They didn't care. Um, you know, Jeffrey Loonhow, when he was acquired, he said, you know, I, I think it's okay to have a zero tolerance policy, but also give guys a second chance to tell their side, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard from any executive in baseball. Cause you're literally saying, yeah, we have a zero tolerance policy, but this guy's really good. And well, we don't have all the facts, even though there's a police report, but you know, let's let him tell his side. Like, and then there was a whole thing with, uh, Brandon Taubman, the assistant GM who was celebrating and literally turned to a group of female reporters when the Astros won a game saying, oh, I'm so glad we got Osuna. Like, it just, he just brought so much bad, or he brought out all the bad culture going on there. And he's just a, obviously not a good guy. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the last off-field incident he has. He, he seems like the kind of guy who's kind of a ticking time bomb. So, you know, there's probably going to be another one, unfortunately. But, yeah, overall, not a good guy at all. Uh, let's see. Charlie, go ahead. When, when I think of him, uh, you know, I, I had him relatively high on my list as well. Um let me see where I had him. Asuna. Uh, actually, I probably should have had him higher as well. Now that I think about it, listening to some of the, you know, kind of listening to the voices of reason this evening. Um, I remember when the allegation happened, but I feel like more people kind of were turned on to what he did based on the staffer from Houston that made that comment. Um, who basically said, oh, my God, I'm so happy we got uh osuna here um in front of like another female i think i was a female reporter but i remember sitting there like yeah i feel like that guy because he promoted him after knowing full well what he did he got fired but still i remember not really being a huge fan of him and i feel like when it comes to domestic violence it's really hard to uh to have you on the bottom of any list regardless of what team you support and team you dislike if you if you hit a woman you deserve to be in the bottom of the barrel and uh osuna is no different andrew not much more to say about osuna um absolute scumbag thank god for jackie bradley and just add a little more frontier justice to 
you know, his career with that absolute mammoth grand slam that really carried the Red Sox in the AL, ALCS that year. So um, couldn't be happier that it happened <laughs> to Asuna. And, I mean, if it gave Astros fans a reason to hate him even more, that that's just a little even a little more perfect. Al? Yeah, for me, it's just a case of a child being involved to me, it makes it a lot worse. I mean, Chapman's was pretty bad with the gun. But for me, when, like I said, when a child's involved, it just pulls on the heartstrings for me a little bit. So, yeah, Royal Scumbag can't be pulling that. Yeah, it's just, it's what everybody else said. So, I got nothing more to add. I remember hearing the, uh, you know, reading the tweet, whether it was Rosenthal, Passin, whoever, and, uh, you know, the Astros acquired him, I think, in July of 2018, and Ken Giles wasn't working out for them. He's a raging head case. He did have a decent year with Toronto last year before he got hurt, but my exact tweet said, um, you know, the blue, uh, excuse me, the Astros just traded a closer who beats himself for a closer who beats women, <laughs> you know, and and then, you know, that's kind of what got him there. And it was kind of a, a puzzling move, uh, you know, from, you know, as far as I was concerned, because we kind of knew that the Red Sox and the Astros would eventually clash that year in the, uh, you know, in the playoffs, probably the ALCS and Osuna has a career 5.45 ERA against the Red Sox in 32 appearances. That's not including the postseason. He went on to have a 12.27 ERA thanks to Jackie Bradley and, you know, just didn't look good that series. So it was kind of a dumb move, I think, on Houston's part to bring him in with all of the baggage that he had off the field and then just matchup-wise against teams that they were likely going to face down the road. So not quite sure what they were thinking. Uh, as far as his you know, actual suspension goes, he was 23 at the time. Details are a little sketchy because, like Jason said, the uh, female refused to cooperate. So you just kind of have to take it at face value. Nobody came out to defend Osuna. Nobody nobody seemed to dispute that the incident uh, did take place, you know, or, you know, they nobody tried to clear him is what I'm saying. So, um, you know, hopefully for everyone's sake that's close to him, he, he does not reoffend, but... He's only 25, you know, coming into this season, so so who knows? But well, uh, well deserving of uh, being one of the most hated players in the league. Number two on the list. So, so some people are probably thinking, you know, they're probably wondering right now. Geez, we're down to the last two. Who could they be? So go ahead, uh, Andrew, with uh, with your pick here in the two slot. So at number two, and I am going to tiptoe very lightly around this one because, you know, the terms of why he's hated on here are far more 
shockingly serious than all the rest of these, which have been fairly serious when they've come to domestic issues and uh, what have you. But I picked Felipe Vasquez, um, ex-All-Star closer, two-time All-Star closer of the Pirates, who is so appropriately named Nightmare. Um, But he, just the other year, was arrested for um, having relations with a 13 year old girl and was also arrested for uh multiple uh, accounts of child pornography um just an absolute atrocity of a human being um this is just one of those guys that you're like are, are you serious man like i'm not gonna go into many details of you know the counts if you want to you know probably ruin your day you can look online and google exactly what happened with him um but i'll see for the time here and i'll just tell you it's not good everything he did was just heinous and whatever comes to him in the near near future um absolutely deserves it i hope he's not a huge uh um you know hit in prison because i guarantee they're treating him like crap in there and he absolutely deserves it he is such a loser scumbag insert word here you name it the fact that he like the age of the girl too is just so cringeworthy that you almost wish it wasn't real and you wish it was just like a fake story not that you would wish it was a fake story but you know what i mean you wish it just wasn't real and just to go through that and to have the presence of mind to actually like continue it like he was number one on my list and that's the reason why it's just it's despicable i'm i don't even want to talk about it anymore that's how despicable it is to me yeah the the absolute lowest of the low, this guy. I mean, it, it doesn't get much worse than that. There's really not much more you can say. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm glad that they finally caught him. I'm glad that he's behind bars where he belongs. He'll never play baseball again. Hopefully he's behind bars for a long, long time because, yeah, this guy is the absolute scum of the earth. I, I very quickly, when I talked to Terry about this, I actually said uh, this this is going to blow my mind for anybody that didn't have him as number one, because it's not that he attacked a woman. It's not that he shot someone. It's not that he took steroids. It's not that he cheated. He touched a 13 year old kid. Oh, OK. So for to let people let that just sink in for just one moment. That's a girl who's in seventh grade, and this is a a male. This is an adult male. I, it, it makes me so sick to my mind that there is what what I love about prison. Never been, but I know how it works. <laughs> there is a code in jail, and it doesn't matter if you're white. Doesn't matter if you're black. You touch a child, you are effed. And nothing would give me greater pleasure than knowing that that man never sees the light of day again. There's just no way. I, I mean, I'm getting angry thinking about it. There's just no way that this guy belongs any lower than number one on any shit list. Because when you get involved with kids that young, you're garbage. You're trash. You don't even deserve to breathe. That's it. 
I was I had a snippet of an article here, but uh, I'm getting the sense that maybe it is too graphic, and I'm the biggest savage of anyone on here, I think. So uh, I guess I'll just take you guys as cues and not get into any specifics here. Um, the the girl was in fact 13 years old. Um, he did have inappropriate pictures of either himself or her, and and maybe even other child. Um, pornographic stuff found on his phone that led to an additional 21 more charges on top of his initial charges. He is viewed as such a threat, uh, you know, to society that he is being held right now without bail. So they wouldn't even give him bail. He is in jail as we speak and has been there since last September. So this is a really bad dude who is probably looking at at least a decade in prison, hopefully more. Um, I, I don't know if I've said this on the show. I don't know how many of you know it. I actually am a former corrections officer. I did that for uh, three years up here in the Portland, Maine area. He will go directly to protective custody. He will not be accepted you know, in general population. You know, that's kind of the honor among thieves, as they say. So um, he's not even going to be respected, uh, you know, in prison. Um, Very talented player. That's what kind of makes this shocking. He had a 1.65 ERA in uh, 2019. He uh, made he's made eight million dollars in his career and left twenty seven million on the table within uh, the last three remaining years. Um, two of those were option years. Those either would have been picked up or he simply would have probably signed an extension for a bigger amount anyway. But nonetheless, a lot of money left on the table. I thought it would have been the the biggest Dave Dombrowski move ever to trade for him last July, only for this to happen. Thank goodness we dodged that bullet. Um, but yeah, really, really bad dude. I um, admittedly, I kind of had him lower on my list, and uh, I'm I'm pretty much the the reason he didn't uh, end up number one uh, based on the point system we had in place. Um, the problem I had was that I, I try to include multiple factors in, in where I rank people. And if we're ranking people solely on a moral compass, he's easily number one. He's one of the worst people on the planet, you know, to, to target, you know, a 13 year old like that multiple times, by the way. And uh, so I just, I kind of struggled with that, you know, and, and the fact that his career is over, I just, I didn't want to waste those higher slots, uh, you know, by putting him up there. So um, that's the reason he's number two. One other last thing I forgot to, to mention, he had, he was trying to make plans to see this same victim again after the season. They have text messages uh, confirming that. So he, he was definitely going to be a guy that continued to uh, reoffend. So I just, like you guys said, just absolutely disgusting. A- any other thoughts before we move on to number one? He's not worth our time. Nope. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Yep. Amen. All, all right. So uh, Al gets the uh, the honor of revealing the number one most hated player. Go ahead, Al. 
Who is he? So a lot of Boston Red Sox fans had to deal with him for a number of years, playing in the same division in the American League East. He is now part of the San Diego Padres while he is enjoying the sunshine. There's none other than third baseman Manny Machado. And for me, I had Machado on my list at number four because Osuna and Chapman, obviously Felipe Vasquez, had to take my top three spots. But I mean, how can you not? How can you like Machado? I mean, he's just he he's he represents everything in the game that you don't want to see in a player. He doesn't hustle down the baseline. He's come out and said, "I don't hustle. That's not my game." You're a moron for saying that. Number one, publicly, and number two. You're not get putting your team in a position to win. So you're screwing up there. There was obviously the stuff with Pedroia at second base and that whole fiasco. He just, he's lazy. He doesn't run anything out. It's just, yeah, he has great talent, but it's just overcome for me by laziness. And I can't stand that. As a guy who used to play the game, play in college now, coach the game of baseball and everything, I can't stand that. So Manny Machado is number one on this list, number four on my list. But yeah, I just... For you guys, like for Andrew, that's your Justin Verlander is my Manny Machado. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> Manny is actually someone that helped me get really Twitter popular, and it ended up backfiring because I, uh, well, I mean, not really. There was a lot of people that sent me some some great memes, and I remember talking to Terry about it. This is when Terry and I first uh, started chatting, and I think I had something like. 15 or 16,000 hits on that one tweet. I was like, holy shit, this is insane. And you know you've made it on Twitter when people start making memes with your picture on it. So uh, my favorite one, I think, was getting RKO'd. So someone threw my head uh, and on whoever our Randy Orton was throwing down, and, and uh, my body lifelessly hit a uh, table. So I knew I made it in Twitterverse when that happened. But uh, I also got a lot of flack for saying that I think Manny Machado is a joke because he doesn't try hard. I think Rafi Devers is going to have a better year than he does this year. And everyone gave me shit for that. But um, Manny was someone that as soon as he went to San Diego, I feel like he kind of had a couple of antics, but he moved to a, he moved to a team that wasn't going anywhere. So it was kind of like, well, he would be higher on my list. I think I probably would have had him at – um, he wasn't number one. That's just that just was not happening. But maybe number two. I mean, he probably should have been number two for me, honestly. Now that I think about it. But I mean, he's just he's gonna wither away into nothingness. He's playing for San Diego. They're going nowhere. They have a garbage GM. Garbage. It's it's really a credit to him how hateable he is that he moved to the NL West. A division that, like, I guess apart from the Dodgers, I could care less about, and I still hate his guts. Like, he plays for the Padres, who, like you said, Charlie, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't care what anyone out there thinks, and I still hate him. Um, I had him fourth on my list. I honestly wish I'd put him a little bit higher. Um, I mean, this guy is, you know, the whole I don't hustle, it's not my game. He throws his bat at pitchers, you know, but and, and then he claims, oh, I didn't do it intentionally. It just slipped out of my hand. Like, it's such rubbish. Um, the whole thing between him and Pedroia that one year when he was with Baltimore, that was complete rubbish. Um, look, he, you know, he's in San Diego now. I put him in the same category as Stroman. He's just a loser player who he might have a great career. He's going to put up good numbers and he's always going to be a good player but I don't think you win a championship with Manny Machado hitting in the middle of your lineup. I just don't. 
Um, you know, when he when he hit free agency, I was actually thinking like he's going to go somewhere stupid like Miami or you know just somewhere where he can hide. And he went to San Diego, and I think that's a good place for him to hide because I don't think he's a winning player. I think deep down he knows it. And um, yeah, just good luck to the Padres being stuck with that contract and being stuck with his stupid antics and his horrible attitude for years and years. Uh, Andrew? Yeah, you know, I absolutely hate Manny Machado uh, with a passion. Um, I think the only time I ever supported him was with that fight with uh, Jordana Ventura, who is, <laughs> you know, if he was still alive, he'd probably make this top 10. Um, but yeah, everything Machado does is just so whiny. Like that time where Josh Donaldson tagged him out and he like fell over and you could tell he was more embarrassed that he fell over than actually hurt because if that hurt you, I don't know what you're doing as a pro athlete. Um, they whipped his like helmet at him. And yeah, there's just so many instances. Actually, there's a YouTube video. It's like, uh, it's the number for me. It was the number two thing. When you searched Manny Machado, it said Manny Machado being a douchebag and it was four and a half minutes long. So that gives you kind of a good example of how many different, uh, cases there are of him just being just immature. And I, him striking out to end the world series on his knees was just honestly one of the greatest things that could ever happen to me. Uh, I, I loved every second of it. I don't know how many times I've watched it, um, if you had like a limit on how many times you can watch a clip on YouTube, I think I would have exceeded that like three days after the World Series. He was rated very high. Three of you had Felipe Vasquez number one, and Machado still came out on top. So you guys, he must have been pretty much in the top three all across the board. I don't have the master sheet in front of me, but very, very hated, and it that resonates very strongly with Red Sox fans. Some notable incidents. He, he had a, a rough season against the, uh, the Oakland A's where he was hitting the catcher, Derek Norris, with his backswing, and he hit him in the head twice uh, during the game. That's what led Fernando Abad to throw at him and and then Machado tried flinging his bat at Abad but it went down the uh, third baseline he got suspended for it uh, put his manager in a really tough spot to have to defend him I just just a real piece of shit and then later on in the season Josh Donaldson had to kind of run him down on the baseline between uh, second and third and ended up tagging him maybe a little roughly. I, I didn't think it was very egregious. Machado uh, stumbled backwards, flung his helmet at Donaldson. The bench is cleared. So apparently it's fine for Machado to try to rough guys up, but uh, you know it's not okay to, to do that to him. And then finally, he was a complete ass clown throughout the entire playoffs with the Dodgers. You know, he was stepped on Orlando Arcia's foot uh, at least once, uh, run, running uh, to first. Stepped on Steve Pierce uh, another time. Also had some dirty slides in there. Like you, like you said, Al. You know the Johnny Hustle comments that he's never going to be that guy. He had to answer to that directly to Hal Steinbrenner when they had their 
off-season meeting, you know, to kind of take each other's temperature on whether he'd be a fit in New York. Like, that was a big deal. And to have those antics going just literally days into free agency, with free agency days away, to act like that was just incredibly stupid. And there were a lot of theories about collusion and how teams weren't willing to spend money, but... I bet had he not had those antics, he probably signs with the team a lot sooner. And you know, he's just—he's a terrible—he's a terrible person. He's a bully. He deserves all the bad karma. I enjoyed, you know, kicking Baltimore's ass all those years. You know, with him on that team, and uh, you know, we won't see him much unless he gets traded out of. San Diego, and I don't know what that team's thinking of in terms of starting pitching, but I can't see that team really contending, especially, you know, having the Dodgers, you know, perennially um, winning the division and possibly going deep. And they got Andrew Friedman, who's brilliant. So um, that's a good place for him to rot, much like Cano did in Seattle. So. So yeah, so that's the that's the top ten list. Uh, any thoughts on the list overall? Any surprises? Any anything that didn't get mentioned? Uh, I'll I'll say one thing. Um, uh, so two things actually. One, I after listening to everybody talk and listening to some of the other things that got mentioned. I think that I had Jose Altuve a little bit too high, just a little, just a bit too high. Um, and there were definitely a couple of people that, a couple of the people that should have been a little bit higher. I think if I had to redo my order, Felipe Vasquez, there's just no way. I mean, he, he, that's solidified number one. That's like Boston at, you know, on the green monster, like that shit's not coming off. Um, that's staying there. I think number two probably would have been, I think Chapman and then maybe Machado, Altuve probably wouldn't have been in the top five. I felt kind of foolish having one guy in the top five um, or both of my guys really not in the top five or eh, both of my guys really been in the bottom 10 um, bottom of that uh, list, but it still kind of blows my mind that, uh, and this is no judgment because, you know, this is our own list and whatnot. We had three people have Felipe Vasquez as the number one, which left him with seven points left out of the two so i thought that felipe vesquez probably would have had like 45 that was my guess so when i saw the list that he only had 37 i was just like wait what is happening what is going on that's just me though that's my fault i that was my tampa 2016 verlander kate upton moment where i was like oh i was just so (laughs) conflicted having him so high because like i said i thought his career was done and but he was worth noting i thought on the list so um, yeah, that's how it ended up that way. And I had no idea, like when I said in my opening that I was surprised Harper was low, even after I had all the numbers there in front of me, I'm like, well, he's going to come out seventh or eighth, you know, he's not going to be 10th on the list. And then I'm like, holy shit, he's 10th. Uh, you know, so it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how it all played out. But the, the DV guys were, were second through fourth on there so um clearly you know those guys were you know on the tops of a lot of our lists 
Yeah, I think if if I had to go back, I obviously would have put Vasquez a lot higher. I think I put him around like I don't know three or four, admittedly. Um, but I guess I was trying to balance like off field stuff and on field stuff. So Machado kind of took the cake because he's on the field. He's just such a such a pain in the ass and. I think a lot of the other guys had a balance of like off field and on field stuff that I didn't like. So maybe going back, I would have reevaluated that. But yeah, overall, I think we ended up with a pretty accurate list. I think the only change I really would have made is put maybe Ryan Braun a little higher. Other than that, I was actually pretty content with my list and saw that I had a good amount matching, if not, you know, one spot off or anything. So like I said, maybe Ryan Braun, but otherwise, I like everybody's lists and sort of our overall list. Yeah, I think we were all pretty good on um, which players to choose and which players to leave off. So, yeah, we did uh, an unfortunately good a good job on all these domestic abuser guys. At which you know, I wish they weren't on there, but unfortunately, they are. Absolutely. All right. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll call it a show. Uh, if you guys have any unique ideas uh, or even anyone in the audience that wants to DM any of us that maybe they would like to see us do, I'm pretty much open to anything. So um, I, I want Terry Cushman's top 10 players that he likes in the MLB list. I want your top 10 who you like. Because every time I hear somebody, it's, I don't like him. I don't like him. I want to hear who you like. <laughs> well, geez, Verlander's going to be at the top of it if I'm not putting Red Sox players on there. But You can no, you can do two lists. You can do Red Sox and you can do non-Red Sox. Because I, I really am genuinely curious who you have in your top ten for both. I'm way too negative to put ten Red Sox players all on a yeah. on a list that I like. Terry's you know? like, can we make it three? <laughs> how, how about how about maybe five? <laughs> I'm trying to work on the negativity. You know, uh, you know, I'm just so out of it right now. You know, it's all you know virus stuff. But I can't wait to get back yeah, into it's my quarantine. Yeah, I'm I'm a raging psycho, and I think I'm doing a good job not talking about any of that on the podcast if you go to my twitter account holy shit but oh um, yeah yeah I, i've seen it yeah it's, I, I, I've seen it. I, it's just daily spewage and i'm not a government guy and i have a problem with authority so you know there's a lot of that as well <laughs> but uh yeah so but anyway yeah i don't know well i could come up with a list i guess but um i did have something on twitter i could show it to you guys it's kind of cool i i I listed the player on every team whose jersey I would want if, you know, if I bought a jersey from every team. So I, I guess a lot of my players would probably be on that list. But but anyway, uh, we'll call it a night. Good job, guys. I, I enjoyed this. I hope you did. I hope the audience did. Ran a little longer. I was optimistic we could keep it around an hour. But, uh, yeah, almost an hour and a half. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Hopefully we'll get some news, better idea of what's going on, and uh, take it from there. Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah great, great job, everybody. That wraps up the top 10 most hated list, as I was just saying. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. If you guys are working, you know, I hope you – you know, you're able to listen to it on your commute or, you know, at work, whatever. We try to keep the language uh, pretty good. I think I've been better about that. But uh, for those of you stuck home, I, I hope things work out and, you know, you're able to 
you know, get what you need. This is definitely a messed up time in, uh, in really the history of, of uh, our country, you know, all 230 years or so, however long it's been. So, uh, you know, hopefully things get normal, you know, before long. So take care, everyone.